Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode number 139 of the Necessary Roughness podcast, presented by Last Word on Sports. I'm your host, Nicholas Donatic. How you all doing, folks? We are within the week. The NFL season opener is but four days away, and we're recording this late night Sunday, so it might be three days by the time you're hearing this, if you listen to it Monday, uh, or Tuesday or Wednesday, whenever. Either way, thanks for joining us. I hope you guys are excited for the NFL season to kick off. I know I am. We've broken down the AFC. We've broken down the NFC. This week, we are going to get into my preseason Super Bowl pick, along with the awards, which is a little bit more of a crapshoot, if I'm being completely honest with you. But it is still interesting, you know, to look back on. I mean, there was times where I had, I think I had Big Ben high in the awards in a couple of the early seasons, and that never happened. I think I had Russell Wilson pretty high on the MVP two years ago, maybe if not last year. Um, obviously, Russell famously not getting any MVP votes, despite being one of the best quarterbacks of the past decade. So, neither here nor there. Um, I'm going to give you the rundown here. So, we're going to be back into the regular old Standout 7 format in the episode 141, I would think, post-week 1. Because I don't think we'll be able to fill out a full standout seven from just Thursday's action. Though, if hey, if it can, that would be phenomenal. Because not only just for content, but in terms of that would be a tremendous season-opening football game. If we can get seven bullet points out of it to go through. But I doubt it. So, that's our normal format. This week, though, we're going to run through the NFC like we talked about. Do our playoff picks. We'll do the AFC. Then we'll get into our Super Bowl pick awards as I said and we'll run through some news and notes that I've got that we just want to clean up here before we get into week one of the NFL season because there's some interesting ones we're going to talk a little Jimmy G we're going to talk a little you know Russell Wilson as we just alluded to obviously big contract uh and Lamar Jackson we're talking about that as well might be impacted obviously by the huge money going towards Russell Wilson as the NFL contract situation seems to always be what did the last guy who was pretty good at my position get? I want more than that. And uh, some guys got some really good agents, I guess. <laughs> so let's get started with the conference of the defending champions, the National Football Conference. Obviously, the defending champions being the LA Rams, who are hosting Buffalo this upcoming Thursday. So our division winners, to refresh your memory, and we have flip-flopped here. I predicted a flip-floppery, and we got a flip-floppery out of myself. We have the Packers winning the NFC North. We have the LA Rams winning the NFC West. We have the Bucks winning the NFC South. Spoiler, I think it's going to be a pretty good year for the Bucks. And in the NFC East, I have changed the pick. I thought I would. I talked myself into it. If the show ran another 10 minutes last week, we would have got there. The Philadelphia Eagles are my NFC East champs. So those are the four division winners. The order I have them seeding in terms of projection just off me. I've got the Bucks as the one seed. I've got the Rams as the two seed, despite having a pretty tough division. I've got the Packers at three. I think there might be a little bit of a stumble in some situations there for that team. Growing pains uh, in terms of trying to find their footing in the passing game without Devontae Adams. He's a big, big piece that they're going to be missing. Um, and in fourth, I have the Philadelphia Eagles, obviously, as I said. So wild card teams, obviously. I don't need to remind you folks, but we can take a look at the 2021 NFL playoff 
seeding, the playoff bracket, and how it shook out. And you know, we made the change to the seven-team format, which is which is just weird. But we did it. We're not at eight yet. Maybe eventually, with some expansion, we'll get there. We're currently in the seven-team format, which would mean my bye week would go to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Which, uh, yeah, I don't I don't think that's a hot take. So who are the teams that I have in the hunt for the wild card? Well, obviously, I've got the Dallas Cowboys. Last week I had them winning the division. I can't bump them all the way out of the playoffs. It's a weak division. I do have them in the hunt. I've got Carolina, my big pick. I was on board with this, I think, before it was cool, but we were still doing, you know, pushing into the regular season window here. I guess the regular season of shows for us, obviously, be the preseason window for the league. But I couldn't wait to talk about the Carolina Panthers. You know, it's one of those run to your sports book and say, well, you know, $5 on Baker Mayfield to win comeback player of the year, not the worst idea. Spoilers for what we might get later. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers, a team that I wasn't super high on last year. I was down on them. Then I really came around, and now they're, you know, keeping Jimmy Garoppolo, I think, makes things a little weird. But they're in there for me in the hunt. The rest of the team, so that's three teams for three spots. So who's going to be the one that's going to be on the outside looking in? Well, Minnesota, we talked about last week. I like the talent they have, but it, at the end of the day, it's just Kirk Cousins. I, I cannot, in good conscience, come to air and tell you Kirk Cousins will lead his team to the postseason and they will make a run. I just can't. The Commanders, eh, not really. New Orleans is an interesting one for me because I did like the way Jameis Winston was playing, if I'm being honest, last year. And I think the Saints could be a pretty good squad. I don't really understand the the injury situation with Michael Thomas. It's like a never-ending sort of injury. Um, (laughs) I don't get it, but we'll see what happens. We'll see how much he can contribute for them this year. That's a little bit of a shaky thing for me. But on top of that, we've got the last team I was looking at here, the Arizona Cardinals. And the Arizona Cardinals were a team I was super high on last year, and the floor completely collapsed. Obviously, DeAndre Hopkins is going to be suspended for the you know a good amount of this season, so that's going to be one of the things that pushes them down on my list. I'm actually going to have them missing the postseason due in part to that suspension because I'm not sure Hollywood Brown can fill in as a number one because I saw what he was doing as the number one quote-unquote number one wide receiver for the Baltimore Ravens and it wasn't enough to win me over let's just say that so I've got five six seven in this order I've got the San Francisco 49ers at five I wanted to put them lower but eh, I'll give them five I've got the Carolina Panthers at six and the Dallas Cowboys at seven. That is my NFC playoff picture. So in that situation, if we take a look, obviously we're going to have two versus seven, three versus six, four versus five. We're going to have Rams Cowboys in the first round. You know, we're going Rams. It's it's just going to happen. We've got Packers Panthers spicy one but we're going to be taking the Packers. We're chalking it up. And we've got the 49ers on the road against the Philadelphia Eagles, and I think this is a spicy matchup for a few reasons. Mostly because, presuming, Trey Lance will be the guy, and like I said, we'll talk news and notes later. I really want to touch on that Jimmy G sticking around, because it could be 
it could be an impactful move, if I'm being completely honest. Um, let's presume that it's Trey Lance versus Jalen Hurts. You're looking at a, a similar skill set in terms of mobility, but I think Lance has more in terms of arm strength and potential for big plays. Um, however, when you look at the receiving core, consider the fact that Philly brought in A.J. Brown. They've got Devontae Smith. You put that up against, you know, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, and Debo Samuel. This could be a spicy sort of matchup. This could be a sneaky 35-31 game where both QBs run for a touchdown in like 75-80 yards. And it comes down to, at the end of the day, whose defense do you trust more? As I sit here right now in early September, the answer for me is going to be the San Francisco 49ers. 49ers pulling off the upset over the Eagles in the first round. Now, in the next round, obviously the one seed is going to play the low remaining team. So the Tampa Bay Buccaneers would be taking on the Niners. I've got the Bucs. This would be a, an interesting matchup for me because it's the classic, how do you beat Tom Brady? Well, we got to get pressure on him. Well, we got to, you know, get people around his legs, make him nervous, blah, 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 blah. And then also, let's run the foosball. Well, let's see how it pans out, how much of the running game will develop with Trey Lance in there. I thought last year it would be, you know, more of a role in their offense. I mean, he got out there a little bit, but I thought it would be one of those things where he kind of played a Lamar Jackson sort of role when they were getting ready to phase Flacco out and then eventually just threw the keys into the hands of Lamar. That wasn't what happened, but hey, it worked for San Francisco for the most part. Obviously didn't bring home a ring, but you don't always bring home a ring. Only one team can. That being said, this is presumably, maybe, the final Tom Brady season. I'm not sure. I do like their receiving core. Obviously, they're minus Gronk. The tight end position's a little bit weaker, but it's not a weakness. I like this Buccaneers team. I've got them as the one seed for a reason. Give me Tampa Bay to win that one at home. Next, we'd have a matchup of the two and the three, which would be the Green Bay Packers taking on the defending champion, L.A. Rams, in Los Angeles. This could be a spicy matchup. When you consider the fact that we don't really know what Aaron Rodgers is going to be thinking at this point. I mean, right now he's saying, oh, well, I want to retire a Packer. This time last year he was saying the complete opposite. Um, who knows? This could be his final playoff run. I keep thinking that every year. Um, on top of that, we had this discussion in the offseason last year, and I apologize. First of all, this is kind of an aside. I apologize for the microphone you know, sound difference. If you're listening out there and you say, whoa, it was really low and then it just got really loud. Fighting some technical difficulties here. That's why we're coming out a little late on top of that. But uh, bear with us a little bit. I'll try to get this sorted out. I'll try to make it as best as we can for the rest of the episode and then try to avoid having something like this next week. Um, thanks so much. Appreciate it. But getting back to the topic at hand, this could be if, let's say, the Rams make a Super Bowl run and they don't even have to win it, I would say, if they win the NFC again, it would supremely bolster the Hall of Fame candidacy of one Matthew Stafford. I'm on Team Matt Stafford. I think it sort of validated his production in Detroit that he was able to go to a good team finally and immediately make a run for a title. It shows it's one of those things where he was stuck in mediocrity and there's just it grinds you down, grinds you down, grinds you down. Barry Sanders retired. Calvin Johnson retired. 
Matthew Stafford finally was the one that got to go to another team. And look at how well he did. Well, they're getting Super Bowl rings in T-minus three-plus days here. So, couldn't have been that bad, eh? That being said, who am I going to take in this matchup? This game is going to be in L.A. I think the Rams will have more firepower this season than the Green Bay Packers. If we're talking on paper, if there's a burst out of nowhere, which is, if you're a Packer fan, what you're hoping for from the skill positions here. You know what you're getting out of the running back. You know what you're getting out of the quarterback. You know what you're getting for the most part out of the defense. You need somebody in that receiving core to step up and really try to fill in the production gap, which is going to be a big concern. Obviously not super amount for me because I got them getting to divisional weekend, but I don't have them getting out. I have the Rams advancing to take on the Buccaneers in the NFC Championship game. Now, what we're running into here, obviously, is a rematch with flipped home field. We had the Rams pretty much do what they wanted for a good bit of that game in Tampa Bay in the divisional round last year. Then Tampa Bay storms all the way back. Los Angeles is putting the ball on the ground. It was awful. Oh, by the way, Tom Brady goes down, ties the game. We're going to go to OT. Nope. Cooper Cup said no. Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup shared a glance, and they said, you know what? I think we've played enough football today. I, I don't feel like playing any more football. I think we're going to... We're going to finish this game, hop on a plane, and then uh, go play our division rival in the uh, in the championship game. Is that okay? Is that okay with you, Tom? And Tom said, you know what, That that's really not okay with me. That Please don't do that. And then, well, you know how that one ended. And it would be the sort of poetic irony or poetic justice, whatever you want to call it, that follows a professional athlete for Tom Brady to retire come out of retirement, go to L.A. and beat this Rams team to avenge what could have been the final loss of his career. However, if you're new to the show, I am not the man who is going to write you a romantic script for the end of Tom Brady's career. Uh, And if you're not new to the show, you know this. First of all, I say it every time I mention that. Thanks for sticking around. And if it's your first episode... Stick around. It's going to be an action-packed year. But I'm not writing that script for Tom Brady. This is not going to be the Derek Jeter send-off. Or actually, maybe it will be more like the Derek Jeter send-off because Derek didn't get to play in the postseason at the tail end of his career. One of the winningest players in the history of modern sports didn't get a chance. Or modern baseball, at the least. Maybe not modern sports, considering Tom Brady is a thing. But, no, oh yeah, I put him up there. Either way. I got Tom losing this one on the road to the Rams, sending the Rams back to the Super Bowl for a rematch with, who knows, well, not a rematch, a chance to repeat, I should say. Because I I don't have the Bengals, well, I do have the Bengals in the playoffs. We'll see. Spoilers, let's get back to the AFC. So the AFC playoff picture, I'll refresh your memory here, my division winners are... The Cincinnati Bengals, the Los Angeles Chargers, the Buffalo Bills, and the Indianapolis Colts. How do I have that shaking out one through four? I've got Buffalo number one seed in the AFC just like everybody else. I've got the LA Chargers as the two seed in the AFC. I've got the Cincinnati Bengals at the three, 
and Indy coming in up the rear at fourth. The pause was necessary. Um, so what am I looking at in terms of wild card teams? It's a little crowded in the AFC. I'm going to be completely honest. You know, we do this every year, right? We do predictions, and you, you swing and a miss just about every year. That's just the way it works. That's the business. But I can't remember a year where I was this, like, not convinced about so many divisions and or wild card spots. Like, obviously, the AFC East, all right, cool, I've got Buffalo. The AFC North, would it shock me if the Ravens won? No. In fact, I've seen a lot of people say it's smart money to bet them. I think they're actually the betting favorite right now, but they're still plus money to win the division. So I've got Baltimore in the mix. Cleveland, their quarterback's gone for 11 games. I don't have them in the mix. Kansas City, it's hard to count them out. It really is. The Raiders, I like them a lot. I mean, we're talking about, come on. They were a playoff team, and they pushed Cincinnati to the brink. Not really, but scoreboard-wise, they almost made it a game, you know. They get that last drive down there in the red zone. They put that ball in the end zone. We're going OT. Anyway, then you talk about Denver. It's it's going to be hard for me to pick Denver. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to come up here and tell you, oh, big Russell Wilson. Like I like Russell Wilson a lot, but it's going to be hard for me to put them in the postseason. Miami. I like Miami, but I am also damn near the top of the list of people that were kind of ripping into Tua and trying to kill the hype. Oh, look at his completion percentage. Yeah, he's throwing eight-yard passes. Like, he's a professional quarterback. I get it. You know, he's doing a decent job of it. He's got the mobility. You know, he's got the, the little bit of a a flair to it being left-handed. Maybe not flair is the proper word, but it's a little different. You can put a little twist on some things in your offense when you can roll to the left as opposed to the right. Uh, the Patriots, decent team. Do I have them getting in? And, of course, the Tennessee Titans who were, uh, oh, yeah, just the team that was the one seed in the AFC last season who are my wild card teams number five I have the Baltimore Ravens I last year the Baltimore Ravens were a very odd team to watch obviously Lamar Jackson injury kind of throws things into a uh, a tailspin for your season but you talk about a team that got some weird finishes and some some lucky finishes, let's be honest here. Kansas City, when everybody talked about how they were spiraling, I mean, they're, I believe it was Clyde Edwards-Hilaire just putting the ball on the turf. Otherwise, Kansas City would have beat Baltimore. Baltimore would have lost to Detroit if it wasn't for a record-setting field goal. I mean, Baltimore was not as good as their record, in my opinion, last season. Do I think they'll be better this year? I have them making the postseason, so clearly I do. I think the return of J.K. Dobbins will be impactful. Am I super sold on their receiving core? Still no. I mean, we're talking year after year. I come on I come on this podcast and I say, hey, guys, you know, I mean, I think Lamar can develop as the passer. They just need a number one wideout. Oh, guys, look, we got Sammy Watkins. No. Like, oh, you just need a number one wideout. Hey, guys, look, we're running out. Bateman Duvernay Prochet II. Like, no, I don't I don't think that's enough. That's why I don't have them winning the division, but there's still a high amount of talent on this team. I like J.K. Dobbins. I like Lamar. I like what they do with his mobility, hoping if he stays healthy 
it kind of takes away some of the things that they would need to do in their passing game. However, against a guy like Joey B and the Bengals, you're going to need it anyway, in my opinion. You look at Mark Andrews, a guy that I've had uh, some criticisms for, but then we've come around here. We've come around. Uh, And, of course, you know the big names. You know Marcus Peters. You know Marcus Williams coming in. You know Marlon Humphrey. Chuck Clark, I'd consider him a relatively big name. Justin Houston on this team. Calais Campbell. They've got the veterans. They've got the youth. They've got the athleticism. Justin Tucker, arguably one of the best kickers of all time. And with Harbaugh coaching the special teams, it should be good. So, Baltimore coming in at number five for me. Looking further down the list, who do we have competing for the sixth and seventh? As we said, we've got Kansas City, led by, for my money, the most talented quarterback in the NFL in Patrick Mahomes. We've got the Las Vegas Raiders, who brought in one of the top five receivers in the league, who has built-in chemistry with their starting quarterback from their time in college, of course. Then we've got the Tennessee Titans that I alluded to before, and the Miami Dolphins, who I'm kind of high on. We don't have New England on here. I have New England missing. Number six for me is going to be the Las Vegas Raiders. Yep, I've got the Raiders coming in at six. I think this team is going to be darn good. I'm not going to lie. I, I Carr to Adams with Renfro, with Waller, is enough to put them above Miami because I believe in Carr more than I believe in Tua from what I've seen with my own eyes. You want to tell me Tua's got the skill set, he's got, he doesn't make mistakes, he's got this, he's got that. Sure, Derek Carr got to the red zone, almost, you know, trying to make a play to win a playoff game against a team that went on to win the American Football Conference. That's enough for me. It truly is. So, give me the Raiders at number six, and sneaking in at number seven, I have the Kansas City Chiefs. This is probably a bad pick, I will openly admit that. I will openly admit it should probably be Tennessee. Tennessee should probably be the five seed, if we're being completely honest. But I've got Tennessee sliding down. We have the injury to Harold Landry, one of their most talented defensive players, pass rushers, torn ACL, gone for the year. You add in the fact that it's a weird situation for them, in my opinion, without A.J. Brown at wide receiver for their passing game because, oh, by the way, All of a sudden now, they have a young quarterback who has some upside that if things get iffy, people might want to see on the football field. They've got Malik Willis sitting there. Right now he's listed at third on the depth chart. I'm sure that's just a clerical thing because Woodside is the veteran. Um, I don't know. It was kind of weird at the beginning. I don't know if you guys remember. They talked about Tannehill mentoring Willis, and he said, I'm not here to mentor him. I'm here to compete. And it's like, okay. Well, clearly you feel threatened. Otherwise, you wouldn't have said this, let alone to us. Who knows what you said in the in the locker room? I mean, I get it. It's not necessarily the wrong mindset. I want my quarterback to be competitive and blah, 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 and cutthroat and all those things and be a good leader. But at the end of the day, like, come on. You got your money. You're getting a little older. They, they just want you to look out for the kid. And I know some veteran quarterbacks don't like to do that, especially after, you know, what happened to Alex Smith. What happened to Montana? There's a lot of guys that get pushed out of the way for the Young Bucks, but I don't know. I think we'll see Malik Willis at some point this year because I'm not certain things will go well for the Tennessee Titans. So, 
Round one, I've got the Bills getting a bye, obviously, as my one seed. I've got the Chargers taking on the Chiefs in the 2v7 in L.A. You can't tell me that's not us. In one weekend, we would get the Chargers facing the Chiefs in L.A. and the Rams facing the Cowboys in L.A. Roger Goodell would be sitting down, I believe, what is it, Fifth Avenue, Park Avenue, wherever they are, in the NFL League office, rubbing his hands together, just thinking about the ratings as we're pushing towards Week 16, 17, 18, if these matchups were up in the air. Who do I have winning? Well, I've talked about this before. There's a progression to these things, right? You play pretty well. Uh, you missed the playoffs. Oh, okay, you got close. You go to the playoffs, maybe you get a win, maybe you put up a tough fight, and then you lose. Okay, well, in the next year you make the run, or the following year, or yada, yada, yada. Well, if I've got the Chargers good enough to compete for a one seed, and I've got them at the two, they should be good enough to take down Patrick Mahomes at home. Now, I will openly admit, as I said before, the Mahomes pick, it's just based off of pure, this guy is super talented. I will add this. If it comes down to this, and it is a 2v7, and it's Herbert versus Mahomes, this game will be a pick'em. I'm confident of that. If Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid can get this team to the playoffs, they can run with anybody. And everybody in the postseason will know that. They will be playing them like just like when they were the one-seed Kansas City Chiefs. Is there a little bit of magic gone without Tyreek Hill? We'll find out. I tend to think so. That's why I have them dropping. But Andy Reid's a smart coordinator. Granted, obviously head coach. Smart play caller. Eric Bieniemy. They seem to be a good pairing for the most part. Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, I don't know. I think it'll be enough to get there, and if it's enough to get there, part of me wants to pick him, but I will not. Then I've got a rematch. I've got the Cincinnati Bengals taking on the Oakland, excuse me, the Las Vegas Raiders once again in Cincinnati. This time, Raiders offense got a little bit more firepower. However... I still think Cincinnati's the better squad. I don't think we'll wind up with another 26-19. I think this one pushes into the 30s. I think we might see a handful of touchdowns, a handful of crazy plays out of Devontae Adams and or Jamar Chase. But I've got Cincinnati pulling this one out, unless Eli Apple winds up anywhere near Devontae Adams, in which case Raiders by a million. Our next one in the 4v5 is a Battle of Baltimore. The Indianapolis Colts, led by their new QB, Matt Ryan, will play host to Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. And this is where seeding gets interesting. Because if I had the Raiders up one more, it would have been a weird matchup. Because I think the Raiders have a, in theory, the ability to put up points quicker than Indianapolis. Because Jonathan Taylor is the best player on the Colts offense, I would say, hands down. Although Michael Pittman is a darn good player, and I think Matt Ryan will have a little bit of a late career resurgence here, like most veteran, well, not most veteran QBs, but a lot of veteran QBs tend to have when they finally get to change scenery. Um, however, I do have the Colts against the Ravens, and I do like this Colts defense, but it's one of those things where it's going to come down to who do I trust more to make a stop? Do I trust the Ravens defense to stop Jonathan Taylor? Or do I trust the Colts' defense to stop Lamar Jackson? I don't think I can go chalk here. I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, we went, we've went, we gone chalk the 
Do we pick the two seed and the three seed to win in the first round in the NFC? We pick the two seed and the three seed to win here. I don't know. I think, I think it might be Baltimore. I think they have too many playmakers on their defense to where I think they'd step up and make a play. That's not to discredit, you know, Shaq Leonard and the guys out there for Indy, but they don't have a Marcus Peters running around. They have Stephon Gilmore, Stephon Gilmore, talented player. But I think Indy's going to be throwing the ball a little bit more than Baltimore in this game. Uh, I don't know. That's a real rough matchup. I'll take Baltimore. But realistically, I'm not certain whoever I have advancing here is going to advance past the next round anyway. Because they're going to run into Buffalo in early January, and it is going to be cold. Granted, either of those teams, theoretically, would be better fit for that weather than the Buffalo Bills. So it would be spicy. You might even say the Colts might have a better shot in that, but I've got Baltimore advancing just to lose to Buffalo. I do. I think this game being played in Buffalo is going to be a big factor, and I think if the Bills can secure a one seed, they're going to have so much momentum from that home crowd that it's going to be a big one, in my opinion. So give me Buffalo to win this one and host the AFC Championship game. Who will they be playing? Will it be Justin Herbert? Or will it be Joey B? And this one's really, really tough. Because I've talked about it, I just said it just a few minutes ago. It's rare that you go from, oh, I've never been in the playoffs before, to let's make the run all the way, let's do it now, we win it. We saw it with Joe Burrow and the Bengals. I mean, you come up just short, but it's just one of those things. Is it happenstance? Is it coincidence? Whatever you want to call it, you don't make that run most times in your first playoff run. And for that reason, the same weekend that we've got the Rams and the Packers, we've got the Chargers and the Bengals, I've got Joey B walking out of that game. Setting up for, you know, a fantastic quarterbacking weekend where you've got Tom Brady versus Matthew Stafford again, and you've got Joe Burrow versus Josh Allen. What some people would say was the rightful... AFC Championship game from last year, considering, you know, the rules and all that and yada, yada, yada. Who do I have walking away from this one? It's going to be Buffalo. You know, it, it. here's the thing for me, too, and I'm getting a little worried about it the more I pick Buffalo to win games. Losing your offensive coordinator and Brian Dable to be the head coach of the New York Giants, will that be as impactful as some other coordinators departing has been in the past? Not necessarily from this team, but just in general. Will it be as impactful? I I can't tell is the short answer. I really can't tell until we see them on the field. So let's find out. Till I see it with my two eyes, I like this Buffalo offense. I still wish, wish, wish upon a star. And I'm sure there's Buffalo fans out there that say the same, that they would run the ball a little more to make defenses more honest. But when you're out there in Kansas City in a playoff game, dropping a, you know, a, a 35 spot, 36, excuse me, on the Kansas City Chiefs on their field, am I really one to complain? Sh should I be one to complain? I don't think so. Give me the Bills to beat the Bengals. That's a tough one. I, I think 
seeing a Super Bowl rematch would be would be kind of bonkers. We haven't really had a back-to-back Super Bowl rematch, I think, in 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 a bit here. Um, we had obviously the the redux of you know Giants versus Patriots. You know, we've had several matchups between I think it was what Cowboys and the Steelers. We've had a couple of these get run back, but this would be a spicy one. Unfortunately for Joe Burrow, uh, I've got the Rams taking on the Buffalo Bills in this year's Super Bowl. Who do I have winning? It'd be a great matchup, I can tell you that much. It would be a phenomenal matchup. I think, I think, I think I have the Los Angeles Rams repeating. And look, to give you a glimpse behind the curtain... I had all these matchups laid out, right? But I didn't pick the playoff games. We're picking it live. So if it sounds like, oh, Nick, you're flip-flopping a little bit. Well, I am. And it's not for lack of preparation. I think it's better content. Let me know what you guys think. I always say this in the comments, wherever you're listening, if there's a comment section, or on social media, all social media, at Nick Donatic, N-I-K-D-O-N-A-D-I-C. I think part of it is, since we can't do a show live, it gives you the live show sort of experience. Is that... uh? An oversight by me? Is Am I reading too much into it? I'm not sure. But I, th- I think it's nice, you know, because obviously we can't do the show live. But it's the closest you can get. That being said, this matchup would be nuts, considering you have Von Miller, who was just a mercenary acquired by the Rams, who would now be suiting up in a Super Bowl against his former team. That is about as magical as you can get in terms of dreaming it up. Not to mention, if he makes a play in a Super Bowl against his former team that he just helped win the ring, Von Miller will be an even more of a lock for the Hall of Fame than he already is. Even more of a lock. What does it come down to? Why am I picking the L.A. Rams here? Well, I like the addition of Allen Robinson. I like the running game a little bit more for the Rams, though obviously in the last Super Bowl it wasn't fantastic. Um, In terms of the secondary, I think you could make the argument, in terms of the defense, I think you could make the argument Buffalo has a better defense. However, we're talking about a defense, I'd have to see it to believe it. Last year, obviously, we talked about, oh, they put up all those points against the Chiefs. Yeah, and they gave up a 40-burger to Patrick Mahomes and his gang. Cooper Cup is still that dude. You know, Allen Robinson, still that dude. Add in a couple of the other guys they have running around out there. Also, bringing in a Tyler Higbee. You know, not bringing in, but bringing back Tyler Higbee, who was injured in the Super Bowl, or either the Super Bowl or the NFC Championship game. Maybe factoring in some of these other guys that have been around. You know, bringing in Van Jefferson into the offense a little bit more. Maybe Bryson Hopkins, who we saw here and there due to the injuries. Tutu Atwell, I don't know. Um, Bobby Wagner's leadership in the middle of that defense for the Rams. What will that mean? I mean, if you're looking at a Super Bowl situation or even a run-up to it where they're facing a team like, let's see, who do we have them facing in the first round? A team like the Cowboys, where it's shutting down Zeke Elliott and or Pollard, who looked better than Zeke last year for my money. Um, and they'll probably be splitting, splitting carries again. Bobby Wagner is the guy you want. He's he's the guy you want in the middle. Is he the best middle linebacker in the league? No, I wouldn't go that far. But he's a darn good one. He definitely is. 
he definitely is on that uh, the higher tier of that list. Give me the Rams. It's look, it, part of it is also I know everybody's going to be picking the Bills and maybe the Bills are the right pick. I can't blame them. You know what I mean? Sometimes it's just the right answer. I haven't taken the AFC. Last year, to remind you, I had the Chiefs and the Cardinals at the beginning of the year, and I had the Chiefs winning it. Obviously, the Cardinals going down uh, in the first round, and the Chiefs going down in the championship game for the AFC. The year prior, I had the Chiefs and the Bucks with the Chiefs winning it. Well, sometimes you step in it and you're right. I get it. But here we are. Give me the Rams as your two-time Super Bowl champions. Now, let's talk award picks. We're not going to go too crazy on this, if I'm being completely honest with you, because I'm wrong on these damn near all the time, so I'm not going to waste your time or my time. Who do I have as my MVP? I've got Thomas Brady. I think Thomas Brady is going to be on a little bit of a revenge tour. I've got them as the one seed. I like their receiving core a lot. The thing that needs to be talked about is Bruce Arians is gone. Let's see the impact that has on the team. Was he a calming force? There are some people saying that he had beef with Tom. I don't really think so. But it's possible. It's certainly possible. Um, either way, Thomas Edward... Is it Edward? Is his middle name... I think it might be Thomas Patrick. Or is it both? Thomas Edward Patrick Brady Jr. Wow, look at that. The guy's been around so long, I know both of his middle names. I have family members I don't know their middle names. Either way, Tom Brady is my MVP preseason. Offensive Player of the Year. This one was hard for me because I wanted to put this to a guy like a Josh Allen who I think may throw for 40 touchdowns and run for another five or six. I thought about maybe a guy like a Cooper Cup just having another tremendous year, but there's there's almost no way Cooper Cup could live up to his production from last season. So I don't know if that's necessarily possible. Um, Jamar Chase, obviously a solid candidate for the Bengals. Justin Herbert, usually not a position, not usually, excuse me, not an award that goes to a QB. Usually the QB is the MVP. I think you'd have to go back to Peyton Manning, maybe, when the MVP went to Adrian Peterson. I believe Peyton Manning won Offensive Player of the Year. That was the first year in Denver, or the record-setting year. I think one and the same, perhaps. Um... Either way, so it came down to it's got to be a skill position guy. Who do I think it's going to be? I thought maybe A.J. Brown. At the end of the day, it's going to be Jonathan Taylor for me. He was running like a madman when they had Carson Wentz back there and the passing game wasn't doing much. Well, now he's going to have Matt Ryan, who should bring a legitimate threat in the passing game, which should only open up more considering what the play-action game is going to look like for them. Give me Jonathan Taylor. Why not? Defensive Player of the Year was also an interesting one for me. Obviously, you can go with either of those Bosa boys. You can go with Aaron Donald for the 15th time. You know, I'm actually going to go Von Miller. I think Von Miller signing the mercenary contract and going to a team with a great, a good to great secondary. I mean, they've got pro bowlers back there. I'll go great. A great secondary behind them, especially the safeties, Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde. I think Von Miller is set for a pretty darn solid year. I've got him winning my defensive player of the year. Will that come true? No, of course not it will. Of course not it won't, excuse me. It'll be somebody that I, I just overlooked. Maybe it'll be a Micah Parsons. Maybe it'll be somebody like TJ Watt again. 
Um, either way, um, offensive rookie of the year. I've got Chris Olave on the Saints because I don't know what they're going to get out of Michael Thomas, and I think they're going to be throwing the ball a pretty good amount. And why not? Why not Chris Olave? I look through the the high part of the draft here, and you know it's. I mean, it'd be damn near impossible for it to go to some of the first offensive guys taken in Iki Aquanu and Evan Neal, both linemen, um, and Charles Cross. Garrett Wilson, interesting one with the Jets. I'm not... Mm, we'll see. Um, Jamison Williams, I believe, was rehabbing the injury that he had his last year of college. Jahan Dotson on the Commanders, eh, not really. Um, Burks on the Titans, maybe. Kenny Pickett flirted with that idea, you know... Mm, wasn't enough for me. It wasn't enough. So I'm going to go with Chris Olave. Why not? Defensive rookie of the year is a little bit harder because I want to pick Kayvon Thibodeau because I think he's a guy that, you know, since he stuck around in college, they made him drop. Artificially dropped on draft boards. This is a guy that, you know, was thought to be a sure fire number one pick and he drops all the way to the New York Giants which is apparently from what he said where he wanted to go anyway though most guys say that when they get drafted there to try and win the fans over and I can't blame them but either way I want to take Thibodeau but my brain is telling me to take Kyle Hamilton uh the safety of the Baltimore Ravens so I'm gonna kind of I'm gonna take Hamilton but like you you know I want to take Thibodeau badly so we'll take Hamilton Comeback Player of the Year. I thought about this. Could Trevor Lawrence technically win Comeback Player of the Year? Because, like, can you come back to... like You can't come back if you weren't there already, right? No. I, I think I'm going to go all in on the Baker Mayfield train. Because I have the Panthers making the playoffs. And if they make the playoffs, Baker Mayfield's going to be that dude. He's going to be one of the reasons they get there. Obviously, Christian McCaffrey would also be in the conversation for Comeback Player of the Year. So somebody from that Panthers team would be in the conversation. And then Coach of the Year, our final award here. Um, would they award Coach of the Year to Todd Bowles? I don't know that they would because he's walking into a ready-made success. Would they award it to Coach McDermott if the Bills win the one seed? I mean, they'd have to go like 15-2. and two. They'd have to be really, really, really good. Um, I don't think they'd give it to the Chargers for being the two seed. Same goes for Sean McVay. The Packers are supposed to be good. The Bengals as well. So you wind up in a situation where the playoff teams, at least that I've forecasted here, most of them are supposed to be there. So it would either have to be to McDermott for winning a whole bunch of games, Todd Bowles for winning a whole bunch of games, or it would have to be to Matt Rule for taking Baker Mayfield and Christian McCaffrey, if he can stay on the field and making them a playoff team. And you know what? We've done this frequently where we go all in on a couple of teams for some of these awards. Give me Matt Rule. Sure. Now, this is this is a weird thing, and I'll float this, and I don't know I don't know the answer. I haven't looked through the, the awards things, and there's so many of them. I'm not going to. I'm going to be completely honest with you. Maybe one of you guys knows the answer, guys and gals. Um, this would be a situation where the MVP the Offensive Rookie of the Year, the Comeback Player of the Year, and the Coach of the Year, which is four of the big, what, mm, seven awards, would all come from the same division. I, I don't think that happens very frequently, if ever. 
I think coach of the year may come from a team that has an award winner, you know, but to have an MVP in the same division as an offensive rookie of the year in the same division as the comeback player of the year and the coach of the year. I mean, look, it's a little unrealistic for me to expect both of these, but it's hard for me to spin a coach of the year out of the playoff teams. I have I readily admit that it would have to be McDermott. And I'm not certain a 15 and two 16 and one sort of run is coming up right now. So that is my preseason award prediction. That's where we stand, folks. That's where we stand. That'll bring us to some news and notes before we get into the pick for the season opener. Obviously, why you're all here, right? So, news and notes real quick, and I just wanted to touch on this Jimmy Garoppolo thing. This thing is weird to me for a couple of reasons. Number one being... When you're starting a young QB, they always say, well, you you got to have your confidence in them. You got to support them. You, gotta, you know, the vote of confidence is very important and things like that. And then, oh, you know, they have Joe Flacco backing up Zach Wilson because they don't want somebody that can compete with him. They don't want someone to make him look over his shoulder. Okay, even though supposedly Flacco was pretty good during training camp this year. Um, so what's up with Jimmy G staying? You couldn't get anyone to take Jimmy G? I mean, the guy's not a bum, as much as I've said Jimmy G's, you know, as a field manager, he may not win you games, but he won't lose you games, yada, yada, yada. Like, I, I just don't see that as realistic. So, am I going to see Jimmy G on the field this year? Is this an insurance policy in case Trey Lance, being a mobile QB, runs into an injury? Is that what's going to happen? I'm not certain. I'm not putting that bad juju out there. 49er fan, so knock on wood if you like. But it's really peculiar to me. And it gave me a little cause to pause. It didn't give me more confidence in the team. Definitely definitely not. Let's talk about the Russell Wilson extension. Five years, 245 on top of the current two years he has. My big thing is, is why? Like why? I, I get it. You know, you made the deal. Sure, you gave up Noah Fant. You gave up draft picks. You gave up Drew Locke, who you didn't really want anyway, evidently. So I get it in theory. But if he's got two years, like, could this deal have not been signed next year? Oh, it's gonna—it's cheaper this year than if we have to wait and sign it next year. It's like, do you? Do you really? Is it? Is it that? Is that really what it is? Because look, I'm not gonna lie to you. I, you know, I think Russell Wilson's a darn good NFL quarterback. I think it's gonna be a really interesting case at the end of his career to see if he is a Hall of Famer. But I mean, with a, a fair amount of skill, position, talent around him last year in terms of the receiving core. With Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, I mean, they were 6-8 and eight in his starts. Completion percentage was okay. 25 touchdowns to 6 picks, fair enough. But, I mean, you're talking 3,000 yards in 14 games. That's that's not knock-your-socks-off numbers. Now, is it going to be, well, okay, when you factor in we've got Javante Williams in the backfield and we've got Melvin Gordon, okay, we don't really need him to throw for 5,000 yards. Fair enough. But... Is it going to be enough? You're in a very hard division here. I think the Chargers are going to be good for at least the next three, four years, maybe. I think the Raiders have opened up a window here with bringing in Devontae Adams of the next handful of years as well. And oh, by the way, Patrick Mahomes is not going anywhere for the better part of, well, if not the entirety of, a decade. So is Russ going to be enough, or is this just let's try to be competitive I mean, I've got three teams coming out of this division, and I don't have Denver as one of them. Now, you could make the argument Denver is better than Kansas City, 
But, I mean, man, I really got to see it to believe it at that point. I really do. I like Javante Williams a lot. And I realize the loss of Tyreek Williams is going to hurt. Excuse me, Tyreek Hill is going to hurt for Kansas City. But, man, it'd be, it'd be something else if Kansas City goes all the way to last place in this division. That would surprise me. It really would. So kudos to Russell Wilson for, you know, showing some loyalty to his team. Kudos to Denver for getting their guy and locking him up. But, man, I'm not sure about this one. On top of the fact, we got to talk about Lamar Jackson. Because you take a look here as we bring up SpotRack, our go-to source for contract information here on the Necessary Roughness podcast. And you're in a situation, if you're Baltimore, where Lamar Jackson is in the final year of the rookie deal. And... You look at Russell Wilson getting that much money. Now, look, Russell Wilson's accomplished a lot in his career. He is. Like I said, it's going to be an interesting Hall of Fame conversation. I think you can make it. You can make the case. If you can make the case for Matthew Stafford, you can make the case for Russell Wilson. You definitely, definitely can, especially when you factor in the narrative of, you know, I'm not going to say Doug Flutie-ish, but he's an undersized QB with the athleticism, right? I think that's significant. I think that means something. When you can put a narrative on a guy, it means a lot, especially to, you know, the writers who are, you know, pushing the narrative for certain guys. Either way, it's going to be big money. And I think Lamar realizes every time a QB gets a big up, right, whether it's Kyler Murray or Russell Wilson or whoever or or Aaron Rodgers or restructuring here and there and, and wherever, it just means more money in his piggy bank. And he can wait. And he can wait, and he can wait, because the check's going to clear when it comes. So if you're Baltimore, you know, more so than Denver needed to lock up Russell, I think Baltimore needed to lock up Lamar. Big goof for my money. Big goof. What else we got? The New York Giants were shopping Darius Slayton, didn't get a chance to move him. Come on, like, okay, sure. Um, Tredavious White going to start the season on the physically unable to perform list. Off of his injury from last year. Byron Jones in Miami as well. Mandatory to miss four games. Just a reminder. Uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson moving from New Orleans to Philly. That was a huge one. I think that's a pretty darn good get for the Philadelphia Eagles. They're making some moves, man. That's why I put I put them up. They're my division winner. Buffalo cut O.J. Howard, who I was just hyping up last week like I always do. Poor O.J. Howard. Don't worry. I would say I'd sign you in Madden, but I haven't really played Madden like that in a few years. And... If you play Madden, you know why. Um, Sony Michelle to the Chargers. Some decent running back depth. Uh, Jalen Rager gets traded to Minnesota. Uh, Jalen Rager, who was infamously selected before Justin Jefferson, I believe. Uh, which is... Sorry, Eagle fan. Uh, Giants cut Blake Martinez. And what else we got? 12-team playoff is going to be coming to the college football system. That's interesting in 2026. I like it. I like that a lot. I think, you know, I'm not a big college football guy, but that's huge news. You know, first you have Major League Baseball expanding their sort of wild card game into a series, and then you have this. I think these are big W's for people who want competition in sports. Um, And the last news we'll we'll end on before we pick the game here. Uh, The Baltimore Ravens mascot Poe suffered a season-ending knee injury during their final preseason game versus Washington. Sources tell ESPN and Adam Schefter. Poe will be placed on the IR and the team is expected to hold tryouts to get a new mascot while Poe rehabs. Get well, Poe. So, if anyone lives in the DMV and wants to be a Birdman, now is your time. 
Your time to shine. Wally Pip that man. And if you don't know what that means, look it up. Wally Pip that man and go be a bird. That'll bring us to the main event of the upcoming week. The defending champion, LA Rams, will play host to the Buffalo Bills on Thursday. Injury reports. A little iffy because we're a little far out. But Jordan Poyer is expected to play all-pro safety for the Buffalo Bills. No limitations, quote-unquote, from Sean McVay on Matthew Stafford for Week 1. Reminder, we just talked about Notre Davius White in this game, obviously, on the PUP list. I believe I read that Cam Akers and Henderson in the backfield for the Rams should be able to contribute. We'll see. You know, they were both, this is from SI.com, both running backs dealing with injuries that have caused them, uh, huh, that's interesting, dealing with injuries that have caused them. Okay, caused them what? I don't know. Pain. Let's go with pain. Either way, um, (laughs) Sean McVay elaborated, he expects to see both on the field with them set to practice prior to their season opener this Thursday. So... Who am I taking in this game? Am I taking the team that I have running the AFC? Or am I taking the team that I have <clears throat> winning it all in the LA Rams? Now, I'd have to look this one up, too. I don't know if there's ever been a rematch of the season opening game play out as the Super Bowl. Usually, it's a rematch of the Super Bowl playing out as a season opening game. Never in the same season. I think this might be a first. I mean, we've had plenty of firsts. We had Tom Brady win a Super Bowl at home. Anything is on board now. So, who do I have in this one? I think when you when you take into account the fact that the season opener is won by the team that is the defending champion, like at least, I think it's like 75 plus percent of the time, obviously there is no correlation between any of that in terms of statistics, but... If you look, you know, with your eyes and not your brain so much, you realize the home crowd is going to amp you up. You're going to be raising the banner or whatever your team is doing to celebrate. I think Josh Allen and the Bills are going to have a message to send here. I do think they're going to be out on a mission. I think this game's going to be relatively high scoring. I think the over last over underline last time I checked was at about somewhere in the 50s and I think it might be tempting to bet the over. If I'm being completely honest, will we see Gabriel Davis perform to the level we saw in that one playoff game? I I say no. I said this during the playoffs. If you weren't here, I'll refresh your memory, or I'll clue you in, rather. Um, I said that's the best game you'll ever see out of Gabriel Davis. I mean, nobody scores that many touchdowns in a game. I mean, he's he's not Jerry Rice. He's not Randy Moss. But in terms of as a contributor, can he have 800 yards and, you know, a handful of touchdowns, eight touchdowns, ten touchdowns? Sure. You add him into Dawson Knox. You add him into Stephon Diggs. This is a deadly offense. You take away Von Miller for the Rams, things get interesting in terms of, oh, let's put him on the team that they're playing. They get even more interesting. I'm very, very tempted to take the Buffalo Bills here. I think they're going to put on a tour de force. Like I said, I'm not predicting 15-2, but I do have them as the one seed. I've been going back and forth on this one literally since they announced the schedule. But my final verdict, week one in L.A., this upcoming Thursday, my pick is, after all the rambling, 
going to be the Los Angeles Rams. As much as I want to pick the Bills, and I've said it, before, I've said it, I can't do it. I cannot pick against the defending champs on their home turf, week one. Would I bet on it? No, don't ever bet on this game. This is going to be an exciting one. I hope it's as exciting as the Chiefs Rams from Mexico City from a few years ago. This one should be a fun game. I'm hoping, fingers crossed, fingers and toes, we get a good one to kick off the NFL season. And that's going to cap off our final episode of the preseason. So I've got the Rams beating the Bills this week, and I've got the Rams beating the Bills down the road in February. Thank you for joining us here on episode number 139 of the Necessary Roughness podcast. Apologies again for the technical difficulties. Uh, bear with us. I think we got it sorted out about halfway through. I appreciate you sticking through. Um, we'll try to have that sorted out completely by next week. Um, moreover, obviously, we're going to stay weekly. It's regular season time. Episodes will be going up either Friday night or Saturday night or maybe the latest early, early Sunday morning. So if you're new, stick around. If you've been around, thanks for staying around. Uh, join us then for episode number 140. We'll break down the Thursday night game. We'll get into all the week one matchups. As always, I'm your host, Nicholas Donatic, signing off.